things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Chotty here. Welcome to episode 10 of I Cry in Corners. Um, If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We are super happy you're here. If uh, you are a regular, um, I love you. Thank you for coming back. And um, thank you to every single person that has sent me a message, that has emailed me, that has... um, uh, written a review. Guys, we are the highest rated podcast on the network. Oh my God, I cannot even believe it. I like, totally had a heart attack the other day when they told me and I cried, of course, in a corner because that's what I do. I don't care. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Anyways, just thank you so much, you guys. It is because of you and Jesus that we are doing so well. And so just thank you so much. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. Thank you for posting about it. Um, you guys are awesome. And I believe that God's doing amazing things through I Cry in Corners. And it's because of people like you that have come around it and are supporting it and that are praying for me. And um, I just love you guys. And I'm so thankful. All right, now that I'm saying, I, look, I totally did that without crying. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm totally crying. Anyways, um, I have a story I want to tell you, and then I'm going to jump right into what we're talking about today. Okay. So um, if you've been listening for any length of time to my podcast, you know that I don't really do water excursions for a number of reasons. I can swim. swim. I'm an awesome swimmer. I just, I don't like to be in like water where there's things that can eat me. So like, you know, alligators, I live in Florida or um, sharks or, you know, I live in Jacksonville. So the water's really dark. So like, you never know really what's in it besides, you know, things that can eat you. Anyways, what happened was when I was 18 years old, my uncle was like, hey guys, I'm going to take the entire family. And I have like a big Cuban family. So like, it was like a lot of people down to the keys and he was going to pay for everyone to like spend a couple uh, days there. And one of the things that we were going to do as a family is go snorkeling in the middle of the ocean. Well, as a product of the 80s and a person who has seen Jaws way too many times, I wasn't real thrilled. Let's just be honest. There was nothing about me that I was like, what? Swim in the middle of the ocean? Sure. Yeah, no. So I like freaked out the entire way. We were in this boat. We get out to the middle of the ocean. I have like 18 million cousins that are going to jump into the ocean with me. And then I just, as I was sitting out there, I thought to myself, this is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh this is going to be the greatest experience of my life. So all of a sudden I got real brave and I put on the little jacket thing that they give you. And I put on the snorkel thing that they gave you. And I also thought to myself, "Uh, if a shark does show up, I've got a one in 18 chance of not being eaten. So anyways, I jumped in the water. It was awesome sauce. It was clear. It was beautiful. It was like sunny outside. It was the most beautiful experience. I spent five minutes just like in pure elation, joy, amazingness. I'm like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden I saw something underneath me and I totally freaked out and I looked again and I'm kind of blind. Um, so my contact was all messed up and water started to get in my eye. And then I didn't know if it was a shark or a barracuda and I panicked like absolute panic, start swimming back to the boat. 
Well, the thing about when I started swimming back to the boat is that as I was swimming, my arms began to hurt and not hurt like because I couldn't swim or I and it was, it didn't have the cardio, but because I was swimming into an entire school of jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. You think a person would stop swimming at that point. No, I just kept swimming. Cause you know what I thought I'd rather be stuck by a whole school of jellyfish than eaten by a shark. And so my butt just kept swimming through the school of jellyfish until I got back to the boat, completely, completely stung from head to toe by all these flipping jellyfish. You should also know that there was no shark. There was nothing. It was my fear. It was my fear that totally swam me into injury, swam me into ridiculousness, swam me into missing out on one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Does anybody else do that? Find themselves in something absolutely amazing, uh, walk themselves into an absolute blessing, and then absolutely freak out? Um, I do. I actually do this a lot. (laughs) And the other day I was um, doing my Devo in in my Bible reading, and God began to show me this story of... uh, John the Baptist's dad. I'm going to read it to you guys. And um, a couple episodes ago, I said that if you don't get a hold of your feelings, that it could be like a major pitfall. And so I talked about feelings and being able to steward your feelings. Um, But today I'm going to talk about the final thing that could be an absolute pitfall and not allow you to move into your next level of leadership. And by leadership, I mean serving people at the highest level loving people um, sacrificially. I mean, finding peace when it doesn't feel like peace type of leadership. Because remember that leadership and serving people isn't a place we exist in for ourselves. It's a place we build out for others. Yes, leadership and serving people isn't given to us to steward so we can, you know, stay at the top like we've arrived or triumphed. It's a lifestyle we embrace so we can become um, the bare grills of perspective and then aces in the desert and in the valleys so we can help others thrive. Yes, my friends, the triumph is in the trek as your success in the next levels of leadership is not only excelling, but being a person that can step into leading and serving with no details, little context, absolutely no fear and totally crush it all leading by your leading leading yourself and um leading people well so i want to talk about that today see i I know that you already know the why you should be the best leader servant and of course that's people you know that we it's always people love god love people and um you know how to do that uh we've been talking about this you know of course keeping your feelings in check living sacrificed um full of purpose, being rooted, believing the best in people, being uh, a person of the kingdom, uh, having your words in check and embracing all God wants you to be. But if you don't check that fear at the door, you won't be able to move into anything. See, God will use you, um, (laughs) God will use you scared, but man, he can do so much more with conviction. And so I'm going to read this story, and then I'm going to talk through the things that um, fear will will take from you. And so I feel like if you know that, you'll gut check yourself when you step into things, um, step into higher levels of leadership, higher levels of serving people. So I'm going to read this story in Luke 1. It starts in verse 5. It says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly uh, division of, I can't pronounce it, 
His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron, and both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and decrees. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, uh, when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God, and he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense which is awesome. And uh, when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Okay, so everyone else was outside, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of the incense. Um, When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, Now, mind you, that son's going to be John the Baptist. That's just my little interjection in case you didn't catch that at the beginning. Um, And you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born, which is pretty gangster, by the way. He will bring back many of the people to Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the Spirit and the power of Elijah. Dude, so he's pretty much telling him, your kid's going to be awesome. But Zechariah asks the angel, how can you be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day happens because you did not believe the words which will come true at their appointed time. So I have a lot of things I could say about this story, like the fact that um, the angel came to him when he was alone and that the angel constantly told him that he was going to love what was going to happen. And there's all these other things that I feel like I could tell you about. But the thing that stood out to me was that he was scared and his fear caused him to question. And you know, God's big enough for our questions, but we have to be big enough for his answers. And so in this story, because he, he asked these questions um, and he did it in such a way that it was kind of, it was kind of like, he was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And um, it was, it was like, he lost his voice in the process. Like, I can't tell you how many times God has asked me to step into something new. And because I questioned and because I didn't do it um, with fervor and with, and with faith, I ended up losing my voice in the process. And I just sat there and watched miracles happen. And I, I didn't have any input. And God doesn't want you to walk through this next season, these next leadership moments, these next um, awesome valleys and mountaintop moments and not have a voice. He's stepping you into these seasons because you have a voice. And, and I wanted to read you that story so that you, you would understand that, dude, if you don't do it right, if you don't walk in without fear, if you, don't, if you do it without questioning, if you step into knowing the why, knowing the how, and stepping up and stepping into all God has for you, you can do it with influence. You can do it with a voice. Um, sometimes I like to think of stepping into new seasons as I'm stepping into a valley because I feel like valleys and wildernesses get the, um, wrong negative connotation in the Bible. Like people are like, Oh my God, he walked into a wilderness. I look at it like my whole life's going to be in the wilderness. Um, 
but that's a different thing for a different day. And um, the reason why I feel this way is because when um, growing up as a kid, my grandmother would always read Psalms 23 to me. So um, she was a woman of, of faith. She was a woman that believed uh, that God would do amazing things. She had watched God save her from a communist country and bring her family here. And so she was a, she was an extreme woman of faith. She She loved the word of God and she would always read Psalms 23 to me. And so as a child, she would read it. And um, when she passed, I found myself reading it a lot. Man, I, okay, I want to do this without crying. <laughs> I found myself reading Psalms 23 because it's like if I would close my eyes, I could still hear her reading it to me. It made the unknown less scary when I would read this verse. And instead of um, me stepping into seasons, being fearful, I would read this verse and go, God, you're with me. God, I'm excited about what's next. I'm not scared of whatever miracle's coming. I'm not scared of whatever you're going to birth, even though things in the situations are weird. You know, Zachariah, was, he was like, we're old. Are you sure? Are you sure we can do this? I can't tell you how many times I've gone, God, I'm 37. Are you sure? I just want to encourage you, um, God doesn't look at your age or God looks at your obedience. So if you're out there and you think you're past your prime or you're out there and you think you're too young, God, I said it last, I said it in the last episode, God doesn't use, he doesn't, (laughs) doesn't use age, he uses obedience and the faithful. And so it's, I love this Psalms 23, I'm going to read it. I know I'm reading a lot of Bible, you're getting your Bible reading in today, but I love it. I love it. I love reading it. It says, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me into the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For he is with me. His rod and staff, they comfort me. And he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And he anoints my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house forever. You know, I think of that story, and it reminds me of how Zacharias in that moment was so focused on how he was going to be able to put out this miracle instead of focusing on that God had already done it. I love this verse in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes, he leads, he restores, he is with me. His rod, his staff, he prepares, he anoints. And then it says, my cup runneth over. Zacharias' cup was about to runneth over. But he forgot in that moment it wasn't his cup. He wasn't the one filling it. And I think a lot of times we stick, we run into these situations where we're stepping into leadership and we're stepping into these things that we should know how to do and we're focused so much on how we're going to do it and really it's Him. He's going to do it. I love this because I wrote this down in my Bible a couple years ago after she passed as I was reading this over that in the valley I have protection, I have provision, I have guidance, and I have comfort. You might want to write this down. Psalms 23 In the valley, there is protection, there is provision, there is guidance, and there is comfort. You're about to step into a new level of leadership. 
Chadi, what are you talking about? I'm doing the exact same thing I was doing yesterday. Nope. Today, you're going to have a different perspective when you walk into work. Today, you're going to have a different perspective when you walk into your house. Today is the day that you're going to realize that God's called you to more and you're going to begin to walk that out. What does that mean? You're going to be loving people, sacrificing for people, seeing things differently, more kingdom minded, uh, whether you have to go back and listen to, to another one of my podcasts or something and just get that thing deep into your bones because he wants to bless you. He wants to give you. He wants to birth something in you. He wants to give you something that maybe you don't even realize you're qualified for, that you might think you're, it's over your prime. He wants to bless you and you're still drenched in fear. But you know what? If you step out in faith, if you step out in this season of the unknown, you'll find protection, you'll find provision, you'll find guidance, and you'll find comfort. And God will never send you into the next without everything you will ever need. And if you have concerns about that, go back and listen to episode 9 and fast forward it to the stones part. You may not have all the details and the context, but you know what you'll totally have? You'll have Jesus. A lot of people always say, you know, God, I just got to have the answers. If I have answers, I'll have closure. I used to say that. God, I just need to know. I just need to know. I need to have closure. I wonder if Zacharias felt like that. Like, God, I, just, I mean, I, I like to know the details. We're super old here. But answers bring closure, but context builds character. And God, God's into context. He'll just give you context. And God wants to send us out not only so he can work through us, but so he can work in us. And he sends us out by putting us in valley situations and new situations and unknown situations, things that'll bring out and bubble out that fear. It's like, um, he, it's like he's, he's working that out in us. He's working it out in us. I think a lot of times um, people will live their whole life working for God and never allow God to do a work in them. And that's why God puts us in situations where we have to have faith. He puts us in situations that might be scary. He puts us in storms that he might, you might think he's sleeping through. And he, he walks us into situations where we don't really know if we're qualified to speak to or uh, whether we're, we can really step into it. And, and he does all those things to work out that fear in us. So that we'll go back to that Psalms 23 and we'll go, no, God, you're my shepherd. No, God, you're the one that leads me here. You're the one that restores me. You're the one that's with me. You're the one that prepares me. You're the one that anoints me. And because you do that, my cup runneth over. I love the last part. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Like, that's what I want so bad, God, that your goodness and your mercy will follow me. I don't even have to. It follows me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These last couple of weeks, I would just sit, I just sit in the house with it, with my husband and we'll just listen to worship music. And I will just, I just sit in his presence and I'm just like, God, thank you. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you. Like if you're stepping into a season that you're worried about, how much time are you spending in his presence? Chatty, I don't have time for that. Well, you know what? You need to find time. Because you'll never be able to step into anything if he's not stepping into it first. His presence, it should go before you. His presence, like, like you need to be seeking God in absolutely everything. 
Everything. You want to not be scared about what's next? Be in his presence. You want to feel qualified? Get in his presence. You want to feel full of faith? Get in his presence. And not like a weirdo. His presence is not weird. His presence is comforting. His presence, there's protection. In his presence, there's guidance. In his presence, there's comfort. And I don't know about you guys, but I want surely goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. And I want that for you. I don't want you to be in a situation where God sends someone to you to drop the most epic, awesome thing ever. I love that he was like, you're going to love this. This is going to be amazing. And Zachariah's like, are you sure? Like, yes. Look, if you step out in faith, if you do all these things that I'm telling you, I promise you, I promise you, you won't swim into a thing of jellyfish. If anything, you'll, you'll allow yourself to tread water in the most beautiful place ever. And it'll be something that will move you past fear. It will move you past fear. And that's what this episode's about. Embracing the next without fear or worry or concern. So I need you to get this. I need you to be in a constant understanding that you are being sent out every day into a valley full of people. And that every day, every day something scary could be coming your way, but you know who's with you. I said this in the last episode that I pray, God, don't make me successful, make me obedient. Because I know deep down in my bones that my success is only attached to my obedience. My no fear is only attached to God. So I need you to embrace the truth today. I need you to embrace this this truth this coming week. I need you to embrace it this coming month. I need you to embrace this the rest of the year where you don't know what you may find in the valley. I need you to re-listen to episodes two through nine and get these essentials in your bones because if you allow these essentials of leadership to become your foundation, uh, then the valley won't be scary. You won't even have fear as you step into all these things. You'll be able to leave yourself and lead others well. And I promise you won't end up like me crying all the time. If anything, you'll be home. You'll be home. Oof. Deep breath. You got this. Fearlessness. Awesome fearlessness. You got this. Hey, in the next 10 episodes, uh, we're going to dissect the 10 people you need in the valley. Yep. Uh, You need these people in your corner um, because if you don't have them, you'll be crying in a corner. So be on the lookout for new episodes um, in August and make sure you share these episodes and get your friends locked in. Um, Make sure you leave a review on iTunes and make sure you're connected on Instagram as I'm going on another cruise. So please, dear Jesus, pray for me. Anyways, you guys are absolutely the best. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I'm excited to see what uh, God's going to do next. Um, So kick butt, take names, love people. And um, if you uh, forget any of the essentials, just go back and listen to them. Have an amazing summer. Love you, weirdos.